The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Kids, you're invited to come on up as we open our Advent box this morning. There it comes. All right. <laughs> High five. There you go. All right. Yes. Okay. Like that? Oh, that's good to see. Come on up, guys. <laughs> All right, let's open our box and see what we have. Do they have to go in a particular order? No? I do want that because I want you to help, help us here, okay? So you, can you kind of hold on to that? And it goes right up by your mouth when we're talking. Okay, so the first thing we have here is um, like a construction guy here or something. Is that right? Oh, do you want to do another one first? <laughs> what do we have here? Who's this guy? Oh, do you want to go with this one first? Okay, never mind. We have a flower. No, not that one either. <laughs> okay, that one. All right, here we go. We have, looks like a reindeer. What's that about? Do you think Santa? Was Santa in our reading today? I'm not sure about that. No, what was that one for? Okay, so the lame shall leap like a deer. And when we think of reindeer, man, we're talking about flying around here, aren't we? So that's cool. We have the lame leaping like a deer. All right. What about the flower? The flower is what? What do you think the flower is? Did anybody hear anything about flowers today? A hair clip. A hair clip. It is a hair clip. Yeah, yeah. Flowers. Okay. The flowers grow from the desert, right? What does it say? Blossom. Yeah, look at all these flowers around us, signs of blossom. We don't see a lot of flowers in the winter, and you don't see a lot of flowers in the desert unless there's a lot of rain. All right, so we've got a blossom and leaping like a deer. What next? This guy? This one? 
That one? Oh, okay. You think that's this one? We have a lion. Oh, okay. This one goes with that? Okay. Oh, I think so. Yeah, all right. So what is this one about? Strength? Firm. Mm-hmm. The feeble knees. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my wife always thinks that part's... Oh, go ahead, yeah. Fearful heart. Okay, so this guy doesn't look like he's afraid of much, right? He's ready to go. Man, he could race a car, or he could build a house, looks like. He's ready to go. Um, got a strong heart there, too, it looks like. All right? So there's, a, there's being strengthened, right? My wife always likes that part about feeble knees. She thinks that part's funny. Sounds kind of funny. And then the last one I think we have. Oh, no lion shall be there. So we got to make the lion disappear, right? So it says as the people come home from their exile, from being sent away when they're coming home to their homeland, nothing scary is going to be out there in that desert. They'll be able to walk home freely and without fear. So no lion will be there, right? Cool. Thank you for that. That's great. Great symbols today from our Old Testament lesson. Here you go. I'm going to give you those. I'll take that. And I think Jack is taking this home. Is that right? To bring to us next week. All right. So let's pray. Loving God, we do thank you that you, you do care for us, that you bring flowers into our dry places. And that means that you care for us when we're hurting or afraid or when we're unsure, when we're doubting. And so we pray that we might have faith and hope in you as we wait for your coming on Christmas. Amen. Thanks for coming up, you guys. All right. <laughs> nice hat. Whoops. All right. Well, it is indeed a great Sunday for us to celebrate joy. As we come uh, into the last week of fall, and next Saturday is the first day of winter, it'll be the longest night service that night. Other churches as well as ours will have longest night or blue Christmas services, which is a way for us to speak joy into the lives of those who sit in darkness as we hear from another part of Isaiah. Joy, which is that, um, not so much that like happiness and sadness, which can kind of take us on that roller coaster ride, especially during this time of year, trying to seek out that, that happiness, that temporary kind of gladness in the moment, maybe with some sugary sweetness of the holiday season. But joy is that sustaining sense of God's providence, God's help, God's comfort, God's healing in the midst of all the things in life, all the roller coasters of life. I like to think of, of joy kind of being um, <clears throat> married to God's love and producing peace, which passes all understanding. That's sort of the image that I hold in this season, the hope that comes from this season. Those are what we offer in Jesus' name to those who are sitting in darkness Kind of like dry seeds waiting under the soil in a desert for a good soaking rain to come. This kind of seems like where John is today. 
John, who was so very confident last week as we heard him in chapter 3 of Matthew's Gospel, proclaiming with a loud voice, accusing those who needed repentance and, and offering them that option as they came into the waters of baptism. Talking about Jesus as coming with that winnowing fork and saving the grain and burning the chaff. And now here he is in prison, not seeming so confident anymore as he's in chains, wondering if that fiery and ultimate sign he's been proclaiming is really coming. Now his confidence is turned to questions, and he sends his disciples out to very pointedly ask Jesus, are you the one, or is there another? Well, to answer John's question from jail, Jesus defines himself in in the passage from Isaiah that we heard in our first reading for today, in Isaiah 35. This passage is really beautiful. It imagines God's actions like a desert in bloom. Jesus points to the beautiful acts that he himself has done that show a kind of fulfillment of this longed-for hope. Jesus even adds that the dead are raised, an even more beautiful image, perhaps, to what we have in Isaiah. He adds that to it. I was struck early this week by the words of Casey Thornburg Sigmund, who wrote a commentary on Isaiah 35, and she compared the imagery in this passage to that of a desert in a superbloom. Now, I'm not a desert. I I like deserts. I've never lived really near a desert. I've been to one after a rain, and the smell is amazing. But but you may remember this past spring that there was a super bloom in California and I think other parts of the Southwest as well, even if I remember correctly, even in Death Valley. And uh, she talks about how it became this, this circus of selfies for people, trying to get the perfect Instagram photo as they trampled across the flowers that were super blooming. (laughs) Uh, rangers, you know, overtime to kind of chase people away, even shooing helicopters from above. But the point of the super bloom is that it can be so beautiful and it can be so abundant and so vibrant that it can even be seen from space. And it's a marvel because these seeds will sit sometimes for a decade or more in the soil. Just sit there, just ready, just waiting for heaven to touch earth for that that dump of rain, that deluge of of water to come down and meet the dry ground. Heaven meeting earth as life-giving water pours into the dry. I looked at some pictures of last spring's super bloom. It was pretty cool. But I imagine it's so much better, the sights and the smells, when you're actually right there. Of course it is. It's always better when you're there with something good. And so that got me to wonder a little bit, maybe a bit like Jesus sits in jail, are we there? Can we ask in the desert, in this present darkness, if Jesus really is here, is, is he the one to come? Should we look somewhere else in our lives for hope, for that super bloom? I don't want to be a skeptic, but when I look around, I still see A lot of dry desert in our lives. And honestly, while there are quite beautiful blooms here and there of faith or service or whatever it might be, a super bloom to me doesn't seem to be underfoot today. Now, maybe that's a relative thing to say. Maybe for you, everything, as they say, is coming up roses. (laughs) 
But that's kind of a hard conclusion for me to come to if I really look around at the world. Maybe I've been listening to the news too much, which likes to shock us and show us all the bad. Or maybe that's the thing with a super bloom. It's only super because it comes along every several years. Sometimes, like I said, it takes even a decade for something like this to happen. A super blue secret is in two things. The dry seeds that fall and patiently wait. They patiently wait. They purposely stay ready. Now, I don't want to put a conscience into seeds. I understand that. But they are made to be ready. They are made to be tough. They are made to endure until that unseen deluge of life comes from the heavens. Just beneath the surface of that sand lies this hope that needs only the choice of the heavens to pour out, to make contact, and to bring them to life. But my question remains, is this that season? Somewhere behind the curtain of consumerism, somewhere deeper than an obvious conclusion to a Hallmark movie, somewhere under the wrapping paper and the decorations and the food, is there something more? Something ultimate, something true? Are there seeds meeting water in this season and bursting up into life? Is there really hope standing on joy and producing peace in our lives and in our world? Somewhere in this season, is there a super bloom of life we actually get to rock, walk around in, to be a part of, to share our gifts in, to, to reflect to the world? This seems to be what John seeks. This is what he's looking for, that ultimate, ultimate end uh, or ultimate new beginning, perhaps. He even wonders if this is the time and you are the one, Jesus. Why am I here, buried like a seed, like a dry seed in this cell, shackled? It's notable for us, and we probably know this already, that, John, or that Jesus does not free John. And he eventually meets an untimely death. But Jesus does hold up the bloom in the desert that was John's ministry. Holds it up very high, compliments him amazingly, astoundingly, saying, just outside of our reading even, that John was the return of Elijah, the one who was to herald the Messiah. And yet, Jesus says that he is not as great as the least in the kingdom of heaven. The least in the kingdom of heaven, what does that mean? Robert Smith, in his con commentary on Matthew's gospel today, says this, John was because he had looked at the face of Jesus and knew what he was seeing the drawing near of the kingdom. Yet John stood only on the threshold. The kingdom, the kingdom dawns only after John's ministry, with the ministry and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. The new world is being cracked open, and the least who steps across the threshold and dwells in the kingdom of heaven under the authority of the crucified and resurrected Jesus is greater than John, who heralded the kingdom but did not know the resurrection and the presence of the exalted Jesus. Now, what does this mean? A lot of things. But part that Jesus wasn't talking about angels, or he wasn't talking about people who had died or gone before those whom he was speaking to. 
it means when he says the least in the kingdom are greater than John, that he's talking about those who were present with him, those who would see his ministry, his death, his resurrection. He's talking, in other words, about us as well. He's talking about you and me. We get to be a part. We get to be a part. We get to have this privilege of doing God's work with our own hands. I said before that I, I'm not sure I see a super bloom in life's desert today. But I can tell you that I have surely seen flowers. Popular child who leaves the side of her friends to stand with a girl they are teasing and confront her friends face to face. I have seen this flower. A young man who laments the lack of God's presence in his life and hours later is overcome with tears by the Spirit's presence, by seeing and feeling the presence of God. I have seen this flower on multiple occasions. A man whose legs will not support his body, but whose wheelchair cannot sit down his spirit, or his desire to be a light to others of hope. I have seen this flower. A refugee who walks to school to further her education so she can help others. Walks because she cannot ride the bus. She's afraid to. She's been insulted and threatened too many times, told to go back to wherever she came from. Yet she seeks no vengeance. She walks to get her education so she can help. I have seen this flower. A man who has had a gun put and told by the one who wields both the gun and power over him that it wouldn't matter if he shot him. And that man is one of the kindest and most gracious people I know. Worried himself or concerned about his own judgment of others and seeking after God's own heart in Jesus Christ, I have seen this flower. And I could go on, but I'd rather you go on. I want you to take 30 seconds here. I want you to pause. I know you're here physically, but pause, take a breath, just in case there's some list going off. You only have 10 days left, all that kind of stuff. Just put that aside, sweep it out of your brain. Take that breath. And think for 30 seconds, if you've seen a flower in this desert, if you've seen a flower this season or some other season, just take 30 seconds. Ready? Okay, now I want you to turn to someone near you, and please make sure that those who might be by themselves are included, um, but if they say, no, I'm good, remember, overwatered flowers don't live very long, so let them, let them be. But, to, but quick ground rule, when you turn to someone, please introduce yourself. It helps those who can't hear very well or can't see very well to know who you are, and I want you to take just like 20, 30 seconds apiece. I'll tell you when to switch and share where you've seen a flower in bloom 
where you've seen God's presence. Go. Switch to the other person if you haven't yet, so they can tell theirs. Okay, okay, church, church, raise your hand if you've seen a flower. Raise your hand and look around. Church, that is a bloom. That is a bloom. Maybe not a super bloom, maybe not yet. And so we come near now to Mary's water-breaking a place where the waters of heaven break into our dry earth once again. Calling ready seeds, calling, pouring out the Spirit of God on us that our lives might reflect inside and out that we have seen and heard Jesus. And we, if, our, if we ourselves or those around us are skeptical or are hurting or are just plain curious, perhaps that state of mind, perhaps the actions that we, that we make in Jesus' name, may lead to a longed-for superbloom, that the flowers we may spread into our community and our world. May it be so, Lord Jesus Christ, come to us. Amen.